The dawn of civilization. Primitive. Dangerous. Exciting. The handwriting is on the wall. If the human race is ever going to amount to anything, it needs... The most civilized caveman I have ever seen. Aww. Look who's come out of his cave. Hey everyone, this is James from Cave Dweller Music. I am here with my co-host Brendan, and today we are joined by Jason Roberts. Uh, he may know him from bands such as Breaths, Chandler, uh, Rosaneth, and uh, Violescent. Thank you so much for coming on the show. We really appreciate you taking the time to talk to us. Yeah, thanks for having me on. Of course. Um, so just for anyone who isn't familiar with, with you or any of those projects, do you want to just maybe tell people a little bit about um, what they are and what type of stuff you play? Yeah, absolutely. So Breath is a solo project. People have called it Black Gaze, Doom Gaze, Post Metal. I I kind of just pull from everywhere. So if you like any of those genres, you might like it. Um, I do everything in that except for drums are all programmed. So, uh, but every vocals, guitar, bass, pro, everything else is me. Um, Roseneath is a sort of grungy post-hardcore shoegaze type project. Um, uh, it's me and my friend Brian and he writes a good amount of the songs. Uh, I do vocals and some guitar, some bass, just depending, but he does like the bulk of the instrumentation. He's a drummer, so he programs the drums, but more of a, like how he would play them kind of way. Cause we just don't have the capability at the moment to record live drums. That's a goal in the future. Um, channel or sort of a artsy, proggy, pop, ambient thing. I don't know how to describe it. Uh, started off kind of black gazy and then moved into a just sort of dark pop realm. Violescent is sort of a sludgy post-metal doom project. It's the only live band that I'm working on. We don't have anything recorded, but we're just writing songs. So hopefully I can get something tracked this year. Uh, maybe play some shows around East Coast. Awesome. I think yeah. I covered them all, right? Yeah, I think so. so <laughs> Unless you have any other ones that are in formation right now. Um, no. <laughs> just wanted to say, while we have you, thank you for uh, contributing that track to um, Violence Against Violence. Uh, I know like grind calls outside of your, your wheelhouse, so I think it's awesome that you, you made that for the sampler. Yeah, that was super fun. I actually ended up fitting it on the new album. It kind of works and in like a transition spot. So it was, it was a lot of fun to experiment. It kind of made me want to do a grindcore album, but we'll see. Oh, that's <laughs> awesome. not, commit, not committing to anything, but it was fun. Yeah, yeah just for fun. A couple of people um, who weren't grind based actually just said, I'm just going to make a grindcore track because I've always wanted to and, and contribute, which I think is awesome. Yeah, that's really cool. I like yeah. your samplers kind of. I want to take them kind of as a challenge going forward when you throw out these different genres. That's, I don't know. It's always good to move outside of my wheelhouse. Well, we have, um, we have obviously the new uh, mind of a metal one coming, but you've contributed to, I think the last two years. Um, mm. And then, uh, so we'd love to have a track for that one again, but also uh, if you want a challenge, we do have one coming out later this year. That's uh, exclusively dungeon synth. So that's uh Oh yeah, fun, fun one to take a crack at. <laughs> mm. I just I just got my hands on a mini log, Korg mini log. So there we go. Oh, there you go. Um, the future be told. Yeah, and and uh, <laughs> I don't know if we've talked about that one on air yet, but that one, um, all of the proceeds for that one are going to National Center for Transgender Equality. Oh, awesome! Yeah, I will definitely try my hand at some dungeon synth. I'm not as familiar with that genre as I was with grindcore. Okay. Um, if you I, uh, if, if you want any recommendations, one of our writers puts together um, seasonal recommendation lists of like albums that are essential listening for Dungeons, and so I can drop those over to you. Mm. Oh yeah, that'd be awesome. I appreciate it. Yeah, awesome. it's a bunch of music that I never really um, explored, and then uh, started listening to it since uh, Aaron came on. And I was like, yeah, you know what? Let's give it a try. It's very uh, <laughs> like relaxing. Uh, like it's like almost like therapeutic because you can totally just immerse yourself in it and not like have to pay full attention. Like just, mm -hmm. it's, 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 I like will say, it's like ambient. Um, my kids are four and seven, and there are some some of those um, albums I put on. Uh, they're like, "This is scary. You need to turn it off right now." <laughs> and I'm like, 
okay, but the primitive man that I was listening to 10 minutes ago didn't scare you? I don't get it. Well, whatever. <laughs> you mean the, the dungeons didn't scare them and the primitive yeah. man didn't? Mm -hmm. Too spooky. It's spooky. <laughs> it's, I think it's what it is. Yeah. <laughs> when my daughter sense. was little, she used to say her favorite music was death metal. She actually, I don't know if you've heard it, but at the end of one of my songs on Lined and Silver called Like Wires, she does yeah. like a scream at the end uh, that I put into like a jazz drum and bass beat. Uh, and then I didn't realize that was, new, um, that's awesome. I listened yeah, to she, that whole album this morning. She's actually on the new album too, but the very last track, she has like a background scream where she was, I, I tend to take the most random clips of my kids and put them in my stuff. So she's screaming, I want Frozen because she wanted to listen to the Frozen soundtrack. <laughs> <laughs> but it just sounded so like mean. I kind of buried it and like made it all like black metal sounding in the background. It's fun. <laughs> That's awesome. I love it. That's awesome, man. <laughs> like little Easter eggs. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's sick. I'm gonna listen to it yeah. again now. I'm ten, you know. <laughs> yeah, That's she's fun. at the very end of like wires when the you'll hear the screaming. I think she says, Yes, daddy, eat it. She wanted me to eat some mango or something. It was like years ago. <laughs> She's she's five now, but I think she was like two then or something. She was yelling for me to try her food. Yeah, that's, awesome. that's actually one of my favorite tracks too on that uh, album, if I remember correctly. I call that my Deftones track. I guess every yeah. track is my Deftones track. <laughs> I was gonna say, definitely a lot of Deftone influences. I feel like um, with a lot of the clean vocal styles, like it reminds me of uh, of that a lot. That's good. Uh, I've been listening to Deftones Adrenaline when I was 15. I think it came yeah. out when I was 15. That out, or no, I was probably like 13 when it came out. That album was like what made me fall in love with heavy music. I had listened to heavy music and I was into everything from Typo Negative and White Zombie and Corn and Sepultura, but yeah, yeah. Adrenaline, like the clean, like, fragile vocals with the harsh screams, like something just clicked in me. I was like, I like I, I want to do this. I love this. Yeah. So I can't escape being like Chino. Sorry. It's just, it's okay. I, it's it's good. Like I love, um, I was on one of your albums. The last, uh, the empty. Uh, yeah. My, I think I was listening. It's funny. That song was actually one of the first songs I wrote for that album. And I was listening to, are you familiar with the band called Ingrina? They're like mm. a post-metal band from, I don't know where they're from, Finland or Germany. I, I don't want to get it wrong, but no, somewhere. Um, they just have a lot of sparse, like really thick drumming and bass with, instead of the guitar laying down the rhythm, the guitar is doing like just crazy ambient, kind of like glassing. Do you listen to them at all? Yes. Um, I like how they use the guitar not as much for rhythm. So that was kind of my experiment and, letting drum and bass kind of just take the forefront and the guitar just be there for texture. I don't know. Just yeah. fun tidbit. Oh, it's good. It's, it's, um, yeah, man, it's, it's definitely good. But then it also has like, a, yeah, the tone is really good. And then the, uh, the vocals too, it just reminded me, I was just like, wait, did we get a Deftones track here? Or is this like, what? <laughs> this is awesome. Like, uh, it's, it, it's an amazing style of like clean singing and I like it. Thanks. I do. I do my best. <laughs> have you, um, I never thought. Go ahead. Say, have you ever seen that movie? Um, it was like, I think that there's the music was written by Jonathan Davis of corn. Um, Queen of the damned. Yeah. I used to love that movie when I was younger. Me too. But um did you ever listen to the soundtrack um, where they had different artists cover the songs from the movie? Yes. I don't remember it too well, but I definitely had the CD at the time and loved the soundtrack. Yeah, I was going to say, do, do you remember the, the Deftones one? Do you remember the track title? Do you remember what it was called? <sighs> Let me check for you. Because it was, I loved that song. Um, let's see. Another I just like looking vocals at... suited it. While you're looking for that, there's a Deftones track that was from early on on the Crow City of Angels soundtrack called Teething. And that's always mm -hmm. been one of my favorite Deftones tracks. It's like 
I don't know, super just out of the gate heavy for Deftones. I love that soundtrack too. I think that's probably one of like my favorite soundtracks of all time. Like when like soundtracks were like really popular and a thing kind of thing, you know? Yeah. That yeah. that one was like this spot on. It was like had I don't know. It was it ranged. You know, it had a little bit of everything from all the genres. It was just great. Um, yeah, change, I love that changing one. the house of flies is the name of the track. Oh yeah, it's a good tune. Was it the change in the house of flies, or was it like the hit single from White Pony change, or was it? I just says. I wonder if it was a different version. Change. In brackets, in the House of Flies is the name of the title. Yeah, that was like their biggest hit off White Pony. I'm just wondering if it's a different version. I'll, I'm going to go I, back and revisit. I think it was a different version. Um, yeah, I'm yeah. going to go back and revisit that soundtrack. What about um, Crosses? Are you a fan of that project? Yeah, yeah, I love Crosses. That's kind of like what Channeler is. It's kind of that. I just do whatever Chino does, basically. Um, <laughs> I can see that. No. It's a, yeah, there are similarities there. I, I love Crosses, personally. Yeah, Chandler's got that sort of like we were going for that sleep token sort of crosses feel with like sleep- a little guitar mixed in with electronic. Sleep token's another band that's sort of like they've uh, his vocals are really impressive. Yeah, yeah, I really dig it. I loved their first album. Me too. I like the second and the new one coming out, but something about that first one really was just did it for me when it came out. The first one I, I think was listening- had, had a little more atmosphere, like it was, it was a little more uh, immersive. Around the yeah. first, we're talking about uh, sleep, sleep token, token. The um, oh, yeah, no, downing. You know, the around the first is a good one. I'm gonna have to check that one out. Around the first, probably my favorite Deftones album. Yeah, it's a great one. I was like yeah. in sixth, seventh grade, I think, when it came out, and I was like, "Fuck yeah!" Yeah, I think I was. I was in high school at that point. Maybe a sophomore. But yeah, I remember going and like as soon as I got out of school, begging my mom to take me to Best Buy CD store here and buy yeah, yeah. Uh, buy that album. For me, it's, it's like uh, between Around the Fair and White Pony. I like a lot of things. Yeah, both of them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, same, same here. I mean, honestly, they haven't put out anything that I don't like. Uh, people hate on the newest stuff, but I still like it a lot. Right. I think that um, you know, it's Deftones has been a band for forever, and yeah. they have, you know, they people always want them to be like One Direction, like super heavy or this and that. But then it's like they're just not going to do that, and they're just gonna yeah. they're gonna mix it up, and they're good at it. Are you a, a fan at all of um, uh, Giles Corey? Is that the Have a Nice Life side project? Exactly. Yep. I definitely like I like both of those projects a lot. Um, I don't know that I like one more than the other, but yeah, I'm into that stuff. They're sure. really different. Giles, the Giles Corey stuff's a little more, um, a little less focused, I should say. Like it's a little more experimental. Like it kind of does a few different things, and it's, it's yeah. I guess it's a little more like uh, I, I can't say it's more depressive because having a nice life is pretty depressive. But um, <laughs> yeah, they're both great. I mean, although it's. I guess the guy's chorus stuff's a little more on the nose because he has that one song called I'm Gonna Do It, which is literally the chorus is I'm Gonna Kill Myself over and over again. So, Oh, jeez. Yeah, I need to... It's been a while for, since I listened to that. I'm, I probably listened to Have a Nice Life more recently, but I have to be in the right mood for those. Oh, yeah, those definitely. Yep, they, uh, they're pretty heavy-hitting. I think another one in that, not really similar genre, but I kind of like the whole slowcore sort of doom gaze thing i like planning for burial a lot and then i've been listening to drows a lot too i've heard good things but i haven't checked them out yet actually are they worth listening to it's good it's just um it's pretty like lo-fi slow core and not not the same by any means as any of the other projects we mentioned but okay in a similar vein it's very um just kind of lo-fi slow core i don't know how else to pigeonhole it but it's good and then i think funerals with the v is another one i've been into a lot lately with their new album oh, yeah i've heard them they're great yeah we, like are, we, we covered slow. their album on the site actually just uh pretty recently they're a great band yeah yeah i think i read that review so um i just wanted to ask um you mentioned you have some stuff coming what's uh what's in the works for uh for your projects i know breaths has something later this year 
Yeah, Breath's new album is almost done. I'm one song away from finishing it. Just got to do vocals, which I'll probably try to do this weekend. So I don't have any kind of release date. There's a couple singles out right now. Um, the Summit and Winds of Change are both singles off that album. But I would say if I had to guess sometime around September might be a good good guess. And then Rose Neath has a full-length album coming out in June. Um, I think the cassette and CD will be on Trepanation again. Uh, Trepanation recordings. And then the, there's going to be a vinyl release uh, by a label out of Germany called 30-something Records. They do a lot of like emo and post-hardcore stuff. Awesome. So, yeah, it's uh, exciting. I've, vinyl release has always been on my bucket list and Finally, yeah. finally getting it. I just got to find one for Breath now. Awesome. We'll I think Breath would cool. translate really well to vinyl. Um, oh, yeah. Definitely do it justice with like the richness of tone. Oh, definitely. Yeah, that's... I. It's harder, though, with this new one because it's like over an hour, so it's guaranteed <sighs> yeah. d- double LP. <laughs> yeah. For someone to pick that up is even more financial. Right, of uh, course. But, yeah, I think there's we'll the, see. the lead time as well. Yeah, yeah. Strange. I was gonna say, how's that going nowadays? Is it eased up a little bit, or is it still a shit show? I haven't, I haven't shocked it myself lately. But the Roseneath album that we're getting pressed, the label just submitted it like last month to the plant, mm-hmm. and they're only four months out. So, oh wow, That's we're gonna have better. it. Yeah, we should have it released, or we're gonna release it June sixteenth. And the vinyl should be in hand before then. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, one I don't know if that's just. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, I was going to say, I don't know if that's one particular plant that's just caught up or if that's across the board. I'm not sure. Yeah. Cause I remember like last year at some point um, when I, when I checked and we talked to some people, it was about 11 to 12 month wait still. Yeah. I remember that too. It's been crazy for a while. Brutal. You couldn't release an album without a year's planning. Yeah. yeah. Which I am pretty impatient so that's why like with breaths i'm like uh if i start shopping it now it won't even be out this year if right if it's a so i don't know if i can i might have to release it and if the label really likes it they can release the vinyl after it's out that's that's we'll what see. people have been doing because it's like do i wait a whole year to release my album i've already finished uh or do i kind of just release it on like cd cassette and digital and then later do another release for the vinyl I think it makes sense to me. Yeah, right. that's what I'm banking on. But hey, I, I some... would probably be sorry. Go ahead. Oh, I was gonna say some uh, labels aren't even doing vinyl anymore just because of the way they're just like, no, we're not even gonna bother. But they did other stuff instead, you know. Yeah, like double down on merch and things like that. Yeah, cassette's been the big one. A, a lot of people have gone to cassette recently, which is interesting. It's a weird comeback. I didn't predict. Yeah, I actually just bought a little boom box uh, so I could listen to it because I have cassette copies of all my breaths and Roseneath stuff and I wanted to listen to it on that format but I I tried this one little Walkman but it just sounded like not good so I bought a little boom box with the CD player and cassette player and we'll see I haven't, yeah. I haven't gotten it yet but hopefully it sounds I don't know I, I don't know what I expect but I was I wondering I... about that because I was thinking like it's hard to get stuff that plays cassette even these days like is, do you think there's going to be like a resurgence in manufacturing of cassette players because there's a rising cassette sales again? Or well, they make there's some new brands coming out, but they're just the one I bought was not it just wasn't good. It was like in mono and it just sounded awful compared uh, to maybe I'm just so, so spoiled with not listening to cassettes for thirty years or whatever. Yeah. I don't know. We'll see. Yeah. Maybe this boombox will sound better. I haven't uh, listened to tapes in forever, and I have one that's unlabeled and blank. I don't know what it is, and I have uh, Kid and Play. From... <laughs> that's all I have for tapes. <laughs> I'm like, hmm. I used to have a whole bunch, but I don't know. I went to CDs and vinyls and just never went back to cassettes. I need to get yeah, a cassette player. Because... Oh, sorry. Um, just because I need to get a cassette player because I have a bunch, a whole stack of cassettes that, like, Bands and artists have sent me to say thank you for reviewing yeah. the album. It's like I can't listen to them, and I want to. Yeah, yeah. I just have my 
my band stuff and then the new this band wounds of recollection is this whole little project i did like a split with and i was on one of his songs and he sent me the cd and cassette of his new album and i uh i want to listen to that too and then i have this demo that my first band ever when i was like 16 back in uh, age myself but like 98 99 um I have a cassette that we did on like an eight track Tascam for we were shopping to labels and they wanted more demos back then. And so we just recorded these songs in our practice room, like eight songs on this tape that aren't available anywhere else. And I want to hear them for the first time in 25 years or something. That's awesome. Yeah. You got to get a cassette player so you can start collecting rare black metal cassettes. It's how yeah, right. Work. Yeah. That's, Require uh, power. That's right. Then I can, <laughs> yeah. Those, uh, there's um, someone I follow on Instagram, the Black Metal Rainbows account, and they did um, a lot of proceeds of go to like help trans communities and different like LGBTQ communities and things, and just the amount of ridiculous just gatekeeping black metal comments, just homophobic comments oh, yeah. on that page i mean i'd seen it before but not not to the volume on this page it was insane just like, yeah. get out of my music scene and just slurs yeah. everywhere just uh disgusting. Yep. well do you remember um I'm trying to think of the artist's name he did that black metal album mm-hmm. the rainbow album cover uh do you know what, the one i'm talking about it was like really oh, big yeah, album uh, two years ago violet um, violet cold that's okay. the one do you remember how upset that made some of those like nerds online yeah <laughs> and then did you see recently how he's kind of gone off the rails speaking oh yeah Cole? yeah i remember With that his... he, he did yeah and then like all the he was saying like he did some weird joke about nsbm as the best genre ever and like just going in this strange like fascist direction and then he's like haha just what? kidding oh it was what? really weird i don't i don't understand <laughs> I feel like he was having some sort of manic episode. I don't know what happened. I don't know if he, I don't know. I have no idea, but I just kind of stopped paying attention because the joke or not, it wasn't. We had, we had a joke. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> right. It's, it's, one, it's one of those things that like, you don't want to have associated with your name, even if it's a joke, because it's like, you know, not everyone's going to catch the part where you said I was joking, even if it was a joke, you know what I mean? And it's always going to have right. the stigma. And then it's like, stigma. even if it, you were like, why, why, why would you think it's funny? I don't know. It's just some stuff is funny. And then some stuff is just like, dude, come on, man. That's why I think that he maybe has some mental health issues that he's not addressing because it feels like bipolar maybe. just patterns of his post yeah it feels like some patterns of his post he kind of definitely has those manic and then sort of yeah. like comes back to reality tendencies but i don't know hopefully the dude's getting help if that's the truth i i thought immediately when you said that i thought of kanye west and like the stuff that he's going through right now with his bipolar episodes um yeah it was definitely uh, yeah. like that in a smaller scale because you know kanye west is one of the biggest artists ever at this point so. right right and he went like very very vocal about <laughs> some very oh yeah questionable yeah. things <laughs> yeah no i i very very aware i was i i might be in the i might be in the minority here but i was never a Kanye west fan musically anyway so when yeah. he did that it's not, it's not like i was like oh no no i have to throw away all my Kanye west albums that i don't have right um, <laughs> but definitely yeah, he went way off the rails. And I don't, honestly, I don't know if he'll ever come back from any of that. I think he's, he's is he done, still off the rails? <laughs> um, I yeah. think so. So ba- basically from what I understand is that he stopped taking his meds a while back. And he, yeah. he, he's having issues before the divorce type thing, like um, impulse buying a house in like another state and telling the whole family they're moving there overnight type thing, stuff like that. Um, mm-hmm. And then uh, the divorce happened and it kind of sent him off the rails and then he got the paranoia. And uh, the, honestly, like the whole thing, I, I feel like he, it's more sad than anything. Like, I, I feel like we're kind of just watching a man slowly self-destruct his life and career on like mm, yeah. on an international platform and no one's really helping him. Um, yeah. And yeah. I feel like he, he kind of needs someone to, to help him. 
Um, right. It's like a mental health crisis, and it's like the whole world's just watching it happen. And it's like, wow, this man is losing his mind. Yep, <laughs> he is. Yeah, I mean, hopefully, hopefully he does get that help. I mean, he'll probably never get his career back, but no, it's done. That at at done. least as a person, as an individual, hopefully he gets right for his kids of nothing else and for himself. Exactly. Right. Before he destroys all his personal relationships in his life that he's built over the years. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's definitely so. Anyway, before we go too far down that rabbit hole, um, <laughs> Brendan, I know you have some uh, fun questions that you like to ask. Do you want to fire up a couple of those? Uh, sure. Um, well, playing uh, live music, you were talking about uh, getting a new band possibly together for live shows and such. Um, do you have like a favorite venue in your area to play? I have actually. So I moved to Richmond like six years ago i from austin texas primarily and then i've lived in a few other places like seattle but back when i was younger i actually played and toured around the country but i never played richmond and i have still only played richmond once because i had a band when i first moved here we played one show we broke up so i can only say that that was a cool place to play it's called wonderland it's like a weird grungy metal bar but there are other venues around that I'd like to play. Um, like I like the Broadberry a lot. There's a weird pole in the middle of the stage. But other than that, I like the the sound there a lot. And then the National is like a larger venue I've seen shows at. But goal would be to play those venues at some point. Oh, yeah. We'll see. So you, um, I was going to say, I was follow up with um, your favorite kind of places to go see shows. Like, um, Would that kind of describe what you just hit? Yeah, and then like the Camels, another one here. Yeah. That's like a smaller venue, kind of more intimate. Um, and then I've heard some good things about the, there's a patio stage at this place called Cobra Cabana, I think. And it's, I haven't seen a show there, but I've wanted to check out. It's more like local uh, shows. So nice. yeah, I think that covers most of the places I've been to here. Nice. Um, what's your favorite city to play? Um... We used to do a lot of more like South, like Southern regional touring. Um, didn't do like full national for most of my career because it was more, you know, like a week here, a few days there, a week here. It wasn't month long yeah. tours. Um, I don't know that I had a favorite spot. I really liked just playing in Austin, like my hometown um, back then. Most of the venues I played don't even exist anymore. Only a few. Um, yeah. I would love to play in Seattle. I never got up there, but I lived there and saw a bunch of shows there. But I would love to go back there and actually play a show someday. Um, there's some cool venues just up and down the West Coast that I'd love to play at. Hell yeah. If you come nice. to uh, San Diego, let me know. I will be there. Oh, awesome. Yeah. I love, I love San Diego, so I definitely love to come out there. I'd love to start in San Diego and just work my way all the way up to like Vancouver and then but who knows? I'm you have old. your um, you have your pick of venues in San Diego too. There's so many small venues here to play at, which is awesome. Yeah, that's awesome. I haven't been there in a while. It's been a decade at this point, but yeah, I need to get back that way. There's um, there's actually this one called uh, Till Two Bar that uh, has the smallest stage I've ever seen in my life. And uh, when I got there, I was like, oh man, how is like this going to be? This stage is so tiny. And then by the end of the show, I was like. That is like one of the coolest venues I've ever been to. It's like the most intimate show ever because the the stage is like only about probably like a foot or less than a foot from the floor height. So the band's like mm -hmm. just about at eye level with you and it's like a straight room. So if you're in the front row, like you're making eye contact with the whole band while they play, it's uh yeah, I actually really like it. <laughs> that's, that's a cool one. I have a story like that about a venue very similar that used to exist in Austin. This was probably in 97, 98. It was a, I think it was called Bates Motel and it had like a plywood stage that was, yeah, maybe, maybe not even a foot. It might've been like six inches off the ground. And I saw like, I think it was Hatebreed came through like mid nineties. Hatebreed Satisfaction is the Death of Desire album was out yeah and some local it was like local death metal bands and i mean there wasn't a big hardcore scene in austin but there was big enough that with the stage like that it got pretty insane and i was like 
I don't know, 15, 16 at the time. It was like one of my first shows. Um, That was, point is, that's a really cool experience when it's like an intimate sort of small stage like that. So I get it. Yeah. That that album is like, if they were playing songs off of it, I'm sure they were. I was like, every song you could pretty much like sing along to. So I'm sure it got pretty wild up in there. I mean, they only had the like, what was it under the knife or whatever their first yeah, demo seven or EP was? Yeah, yeah, they only had that and then Satisfaction. So I think they played all of Satisfaction and then maybe a few of the other songs um, that they had from the past. But yeah, it was pretty wild. Kids were singing. I saw, I think I saw Earth Crisis around the same time and like Snapcase back when those bands were the Victory bands were touring oh, in the nineties. Yeah, Man, that's why I was all in. So uh, cool. That was all like those bands and all that where I was knee deep and uh, following them around and if I could catch them live I would and um I'm actually uh, yeah. end of the month I'm gonna go see uh One King Down and Earth Crisis play in Boston. Oh, that's awesome! I never got to see One King Down, but that that would be super cool. Yeah, I haven't either, but I think that'd be fucking. It's gonna be an awesome show. Awesome. I saw. I saw Earth Crisis a handful. I saw them like five or six times. They came through Austin all the time back then, like late '90s, early 2000s. They were there like a few times a year for a while. Yeah, I love it. It's fun stuff, man. Then uh, there's a Sick of It All's playing. I think like the same night in another venue, and I was like, oh my god, this is insane. We got like all these hardcore bands are coming around. I just saw um, All Out War uh, last month. Oh well, that was I've like it was so cool. Yeah, it was fun, man. And then um, there's a band Edict that played that night too. And yeah, man, there's had um, some definitely some some neat neat shit, dude. Some old school stuff. It's coming around. That's awesome. Do you you live in Boston? Uh, no, I'm in uh, I'm outside of Hartford, Connecticut. Oh, okay, I lived in Connecticut for a little bit. I was in. Middletown and East Haven for a little bit. Oh no shit. Yeah, yeah. All right. So I'm like I'm uh probably like twenty minutes, half an hour from there to drive. Okay. Yeah. I'm like I was only out there to, for like a year. Yeah, like the airport, like that that side. Oh yeah, yeah. What is that? Was that Bradley? Was Bradley, that yeah. Yeah, I remember. Okay. Yeah. Awesome. And then the Boston one was Logan. Yeah, I never flew out of Logan, but I, I remember picking my mom up from the Bradley Airport at one point when I lived out there. Yeah, yeah. So I live like 20 minutes from there. Oh, cool. I need to get back to Connecticut, too. I need to go down to New Haven and get some some pizza. I miss yeah. Connecticut pizza. This is so good. And no one I'm, no one who has like not been to Connecticut understands when I say Connecticut pizza is the best pizza ever. You don't get it. it. They're like it nah. is. It's funny. It's like people argue about it sometimes, and they're like, or you'll see like, you know, you know, New York had pizza first, or this and that. And it's like, no, nah, New York stole, stole it from New Haven, and they started doing yeah. it over there. And uh, I've had, I don't know. I've had so tons of good New goes. York pizza, but <laughs> it doesn't, it doesn't match the New Haven pizza. I'm sorry, go to like Pepe's yeah. or Stally's or whatever. That's yeah, modern. All those places. A pizza, Sally's, all that. Yeah, there's like a yeah. whole bunch, of, and like people love and hate all of them and this and that. But then like they're all so good, and they all have their own strengths too. You know, like uh, I love it. Like I love uh, like Pepe's. There's a Pepe's near me, so I always go to that. It's like, easier. And then um, there's not a well-known one so popular, but there's a local place, um, Woodbridge Pizza, that's near me, and they do an awesome job. I usually go to them uh, first. Pet base is like major crazy long wait or whatever. They'll be like, I'll be there in like two hours. Like, all right, nah, don't worry about it. Yeah, so. yeah. There was a, there was one in East Haven that I really liked. I don't remember the name of it, but it wasn't, it was like a smaller, like East Haven spot. I don't think I had bad pizza no matter where yeah. I went in Connecticut. It's like, if you have bad pizza, they shut you down. Right. <laughs> Execute. <laughs> what do you, yeah, you're People just here disgrace. He is, he is super serious. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I need to get back there. I I had an interesting experience living in Connecticut. So I just I totally different part of my life was with another an ex wife, and she didn't like living there. So it was not 
fun for me because I heard about it all the time. So I couldn't enjoy myself and I'd like to get back there with my family now and yeah, actually show them good times. But anyway, yeah, one I mean, day. it's like the winter is odd here. Some, you know, the last, I don't know, I've been here since the uh, last 10, 12 years, I feel like. And um, sometimes the winter is like really crazy. And then other times, like, I feel like the last five years, it's been like, just cold with like a little bit of snow here and there, nothing crazy. And then yeah. this whole year, nothing, no snow. And then the last two weeks we've gotten snow and then it's been so warm. It melts away like within two days. And then it like comes like, I don't know. It's super odd. <laughs> I was there in 2011. Right. Whenever the snow hit in October and it knocked out power for like everyone in mass and yeah. Connecticut. So I, call, I was uh, without uh, power. Arborgeddon. Yeah, because all the trees got knocked down because it they froze too early or whatever, and then they got everything. Yep. Yeah. So that week without power basically was like the straw that said, "All right, we're gonna we're gonna leave." Yeah. I mean, that was a uh, pretty big thing. It was like the entire state. It wasn't like isolated. You know, it was. Yeah. 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 That sucked. That we were lucky because I had a condo and. Um, I was living in New Britain at the time and um, we had buried power lines. So there was no power lines anywhere, you know, so we had power. So we actually had people come to our house to hang out and do stuff and whatnot. <laughs> we yeah, were lucky, cool. but yeah, that was, there was no power lines around us to get knocked down. So it was just, that was the only thing that like hooked us up. <laughs> we had a, the apartment I was in had a like gas fireplace. So I remember my dogs, and cat or we all like huddled and then slept in the living room with the fireplace yep yep keep warm yeah it was an interesting time i wasn't used to that because i grew up in texas so i was like uh i mean it gets cold ish sometimes yeah but. yeah it will um texas will thin the blood that's for sure <laughs> yeah yeah cool yeah there's some good pizzas though uh, there's um i don't know they're, they're still kicking around. A lot of neat spots in uh, West Hartford, too, popped up yeah. in that area. I like I've got a uh, non-food-related question for you. Um, sure. What are some local bands in your area that people should be paying attention to who they may not have heard of? I don't know a lot of smaller local bands, to be honest. Um, only being in Richmond. I mean, the, the bands I do listen to from Richmond are like Wind Hand, which is not a small band, and Interarma, mm. which is also not a small band. Great band, though. Um, Interarma. Yeah, it's good stuff. And then I think Gift from God is from here, and Bad Omens is from here, too. Okay. Which I didn't have any idea. They're like a poppy metalcore, but I, I like it. So their latest album was cool. Um, I don't really listen to a lot of local bands, though, because I, I honestly don't get out to venues and shows much i have smaller kids and they're demanding and i don't leave the house that much That's fair <laughs> <enough>. <laughs> i have a three and a three and a five-year-old and my three-year-old son just insists that i sleep with him every time he wakes up and so i basically sleep in his room on his bed with him like every night all night so <laughs> it's hard to get out for long That's periods so, did, you have, yeah. did you have any more did you want to fire off there Oh, um, well, um, I was going to ask, uh, well, for food, I was going to ask you about Pomar apples and uh, wine sap apples. Do they make a good pie? Do you know? I have no clue. They're apples that are in the, famous in that area. Um, I, I'm not a big apple pie fan. I like apples, but I had a bad experience when I was a kid of eating too much apple pie and puking it up for hours and ever since then i've been kind of love hate apple pie yeah i like it i just i don't know i gotta be in the yeah. right headspace i hear you there it's and sucks then... when those experiences ruin like a whole food for you because i used to absolutely love like uh shrimp burritos and shrimp tacos and then yeah. I, I i got like uh food poisoning from uh from one a little while back and i've now I'm finally coming back around to them, but for a while there, I had to like I could I just couldn't do it. I could, every time I like try to eat one, I just feel that feeling in my stomach from the food poisoning. 
And I was like, yeah. God damn it, because it's so good. It was such a bummer. Yeah. Yeah. I remember um I used to I still do now I eat um sushi and whatnot, but not um at one point I went to this place with my wife who had um I got this tuna um like entree thing. So it had like all the different ways you could eat tuna and one of them was like this like just like a chunk of it, you know? So you just eat a cube of tuna and when I put it in my mouth, it just like I couldn't I couldn't help it and I just like immediately almost like threw up on the table on all everywhere. I just I couldn't even help I was I I don't know. I, I ate like half of the other stuff, you know, but then this like one chunk I put it in my mouth and I just I couldn't handle it and just like had a mental breakdown and like couldn't eat tuna for like a year, two years. So I when I was nineteen I had I was at a Thanksgiving dinner with an girlfriend of mine at the time and her dad had me try pickled water watermelon rind and i same thing i as soon as it hit my mouth i almost threw up at the thanksgiving table and ever since then i cannot eat anything pickled and that was 20 plus years ago i can't (laughs) eat pickles i can't eat i'll eat pickled jalapenos because like the jarred jalapenos because to me they don't taste pickled they just taste Mm -hmm. like jalapenos but yeah, anything else, pickles, yeah, I just gag. As soon as oh, a pickled, wow. yeah, I can't do it. If I smell it, I gag. I can't. Oh, that's a bummer. <laughs> yeah, I love. Oh man, pickled pickled watermelon's great. Never had it. I don't know what it was. It's literally whatever I had was the worst thing I've ever tasted in my life, and I can't. I don't know if it was. I I don't know. <laughs> I don't even remember <laughs> the taste. I just remember the reaction. <laughs> Yeah. Um uh, I just noticed we're coming up on time. Do you have any more there? Um for music, I say what was your, your favorite song to play live? I have not gotten the chance to play any of these songs live from any of my projects. Um but uh I don't really have a favorite but I don't remember one back in the day. I played with a lot of bands in my teens and twenties, or not a lot, but a played in bands in my teens of 20 but yeah i don't remember i think my old band conductor here in, in richmond like my only richmond band before i started channeler breaths um i really like to play a song called go to the mast at dawn it was a play on the fact that we sounded the song sounded like mastodon so i just we called it go to the mast at dawn <laughs> <laughs> cheeky reference uh that song was fun to play but i haven't gotten the chance I did play the Elders from Breasts. I played that in a band that we were practicing to be a live band. Mm-hmm. But it actually spun into Roseneath. And then mm-hmm. me and another guy took it to a studio project only. We didn't really have a lot of time to play in the live band. so. Um, but I got to play that in the practice room live a few times. That was fun. Nice. Hell yeah. Someday I'll take Breasts live. Someday. Is that right you, Brendan? I'm good, bud. Cool. I just got a... Couple of last few for you there. Um, I just sure. wanted to ask, like, how did you end up working with uh, with Dan from Treprec? How did that, that who contacted who, and uh, how did you find each other? I think after I finished Line and Silver, I just sent it out to everyone I could find, and I saw, I found Trepanation on Instagram and liked um, the stuff that he was putting out. So I think I just DM'd him on there, if I remember correctly, and he just listened to the record, and I was impatient and already had it ready for a digital release so he did this cd and tape like a couple months after it came out but yeah i think that's just i reached out to him and he got back to me and kind of worked ever since i think he's put out everything i've done since then with rosneath and breath except for my ambient album which maybe we'll figure that out someday what's the um ambient album um breaths isolera it's, a, it's an all instrumental ambient kind of mm. droning album. The movements one, two, three, and four, right? Yep. And actually, on the new Breaths album, I use I kind of reworked movement four a little okay. bit as an intro, so it's kind of like a transition straight from movement four into the new Breaths album. It's like a oh cool. If you play them back to back, it's kind of a smooth, seamless transition. That's, That's awesome. awesome. I actually missed that album. I didn't realize you put that one out somehow. Um, oh, that actually made me realize. I, I want to ask you about this. Um, 
how did the partnership between you and Dimwin come about? Is that sort of through Dan, through the label? Because I know they're both uh, trap rec artists. But uh... I actually I connected Dimwin with Trepanation in oh. the first place. Um, okay. And I found Dimwin. I think it was just another. I think pretty much all my collaborations and things have been through Instagram. So cool. I think we were just kind of coming up at the same time. And um, mm-hmm. the rock and roll vegan and uh, I forget her last name. I'm terrible. Um, she puts out a lot of stuff uh, like reviews and just uh, blogs and stuff. And she had reviewed my first album, Line and Silver, and Dim One's first album. And I listened to it and just reached out to them through her or through finding them on her site and just started chatting with them and then when they wanted to shop around i sent it over to trepanation and then we kind of just talked about a split and ideas behind it it's been a while so i don't remember all the details but that's kind of how my other split came together too i just talked to wounds of recollection and day graves online and just actually i think i introduced wounds to trepanation as well because dan put out the latest wounds of recollection album that's awesome we're um we're actually premiering their uh upcoming single uh Dimwind on the seventeenth. Uh, yeah, nice. yeah, they're they're a great band, really cool band. Um, yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know if they want anyone to say it. You can edit it out, but I've heard the whole album and it's great, really great. I'm sure they'll be okay so, with that. <laughs> yeah, I was. Uh, we kind of I've I've shared all my stuff with them and they felt like sharing it with me and. If Dimwin, if you guys listen to this, no one else has heard it from me, but it's amazing. And I think people are really going to love it. Oh, yeah. That's awesome. I'm excited. Um, yeah, if that's single, it's going to be good. Um, yeah, the whole the whole album flows really well. I, I'm I'm stoked for those guys. Brilliant. So my, my last question is kind of, uh, it's an on-the-spot one. Um, so you can take your time if you need to answer it. Um if you were trapped on a desert island with a solar-powered discman and three CDs, what would they be? The first one would be Dredge LCLO. Okay. It's probably my favorite album of all time. Okay. Um, The second one, I'd probably have to go with Around the Fur. Okay. Just because I feel like if I didn't have that one for the rest of my life, I would miss it. Yeah. The third one, ooh, that, that one's tougher. Um, hmm third album that i couldn't live without i'm gonna peruse my vinyl for a second and tell you. yeah go ahead brendan i was playing this game with my wife uh in the car driving up to uh yeah LA, and uh i branched off to a bunch of other areas with it so i kept doing like lists of three it was like uh three movies three tv shows three books and it's like three people um and uh then I got to this one, and I was like, and this, this would be like a tough one. Um, if you had to, this, this isn't Desert Island, though, but this is like one of those, like, pick pick one of the three thing. If you had to choose yeah. to only have one of these three things exist in society, would you choose uh, modern medicine, electricity, or plumbing? You can only have one? Yeah. Fuck. Uh, it's a toughie. I think. I would say modern medicine. I don't know. I'd say plumbing or medicine. Like, those are like. Because without, I mean, like, I would say medicine as well. But the only thing is, like, without the electricity, you'd lose a, a fair portion of like mm, of its capability. Yeah. Surgeries think, and things like that. Yeah, right, right. You would at least have like vaccines, which I think is probably like, you know, smallpox is pretty bad. <laughs> it's like, but without potable water, you're just yeah, gonna it's, end up. With a, yeah, man. One. Yeah. Is, did you figure out the third one? I did. I think it would be cave and Jupiter. Ooh. Okay. That's the one after they kind of, that was their transition to sound album, right? Yeah. And that's the sound. That's the album that really got me into cave in. I wasn't super aware of them in the whole, like before your heart stops. I mean, I love that album now, but Mm. I wasn't as aware of them back then. And then Jupiter kind of hit me. So that was, that influences a lot of my guitar playing and as Deftones as well, like with my rhythm stuff. But I think my leads, are very heavily influenced by Caven, probably more than any other band. Radiohead or Caven, probably. Ooh, that's so, another one. Radiohead's okay, computer. Can I have four? <laughs> yes, you can. I'll out. Uh... <laughs> All right. 
because I couldn't narrow it down to three either. Like my, oh, my no, like, well, well, I was like, what tough. would you choose? I was like, oh, God damn, no one's asked me what I would choose. Um, it came down to four. Actually, Brendan, what's what's your what's your four? I've never actually asked. Uh, oh, man, I like variety, so I do the Crow soundtrack, and that's a classic. And then I don't know. I would want. It changes all the time. Like what I would really want, what I want. I know that's the tough part. <laughs> it's like what um, mood you're in. You know, oh, I like. I really love that um, Kamache album, Et uh, uh, Memoriam. I always say they're been, that band wrong. But, um, that Tamache, Yo Mama, No Mama. Yes. Mm-hmm. It was in my uh, list of um, the albums from last year. Yeah, and it was album. fucking beautiful. Uh, um, I'm not familiar with that, I don't think. What is, what is it called? Uh, let me... Uh, the band is Et Memoriam, Memur, uh, M-O-R-I-E-M-U-R. And the band, uh, the album is called Tamashi no Yama. They're on Tripwreck, right? I mean, not Tripwreck, mm-hmm. they're on uh, Obscurity, Obscurity, right? Yes. Oh, I think I did listen. Yeah. Okay. I'm going to put this back on my albums to re- revisit. It's very I think good. it's awesome. It's very it's, good. It's it, uh, it, atmospheric. It's it's great, man. And then I have I it on know. my favorites from last year. My I have a like favorites playlist that I I guess I just forgot about this. It's on that one though. I'll revisit. How many does that put you up? And is that did you choose three? Or I'm four? at two, and oh, two, I don't know. Three. I'm like going through like some like notes and things like this, and I was like. I might, I might at, at this moment in time, I'm gonna bring the diving bell with me from Chrome Ghost. Nice, that's okay. a good one. And that would be my three for now. <laughs> okay. I uh, my 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 three slash four would be uh, Triptychon, Eparastera, Damon, uh, Damon's, Demonas, um, Death Symbolic, uh, Builders and the Butchers, their self-titled album, and mm. uh, The Witches, Digsaw. Side note, if you, since you like Chrome Ghost, I think the song that I do with Matt from Cryptopsy on the new album is very, uh, it's in that, it's probably the doomiest song. Nice. Kind of Chrome Ghost, like Monolord, sort of just sludgy doom. And then his like vocals that. are all clean. So it's definitely in that that vein. Um, yeah, plugging myself again. No, go ahead. Yeah. <laughs> That's why you're on the show. <laughs> um, so uh, to, to wrap up, I'll have you do that exact thing. Um, where can people follow you uh, and listen to your music? Um, all of my projects are on all the streaming platforms, uh, as well as Bandcamp. So breaths.bandcamp.com, roseneath.bandcamp.com, channeler.bandcamp.com, channelers with no vowels, so C-H-N-N-L-R. Um, the only band that's not up is Violescent because we don't have anything to put up. But I think everything's on Instagram as well. So streaming, Bandcamp, Instagram. Awesome. All that well, good stuff. Thank you so much for coming on the show. Um, really appreciate you taking the time. It's been great chatting with you. Um, obviously, you have so many things going on. that We'll love to have you back on again sometime. Talk about the new albums that you put out for each of the projects. So, Yeah, um, absolutely. Yeah, and, awesome. Uh, Anyone who hasn't uh, checked it out yet, definitely give uh, the single a breath single on our uh, "Violence Against Violence" charity sampler a listen. It's it's a great grindcore track, and keep an eye out for the uh, single to be contributing to our "Mind of Metal" sampler coming out in May. And yeah, uh, yeah thanks everyone for listening, and tune in next week. We'll have another guest. Yeah.